What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Good morning, traders and investors. Are you guys ready for another pre-market prep? It is all about CPI today. What will happen? Will it come in hot? Will it come in light? Everything's going to be on the CPI. Of course, we got some other topics to touch. But investors, what will happen today? It's going to be definitely some fireworks at 8.30. We will be here to go ahead and bring you those numbers. We'll talk about Oracle, also Eastman Chemical, Acryl Therapeutics. We got Peloton Talk, um, SEC kind of charging VMware. Just kind of putting that out there as a red flag. GM Cruise Unit saying that they'll be having to launch driverless service in Phoenix and Austin this year. Um, we'll take a look at, of course, uh, the futures action. See what's going on. We got our guest, Raggy Horner, Managing Director of Futures and Simpler Trading. Welcome to Pre-Market Prep. Let's get it started. Rise and shine. It's time to start the day. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I'm bidding a penny. I'd buy that stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. Good morning, traders. Rise and shine. Let's get it started. Joel Conan, Dennis Dick, and let's take a look at the markets. It's CPI day. CPI day. And we're Finally starting. Here. Yeah, we're starting. Feels, like out... feels like my birthday or something. It is. It is. Yeah. Starting out on the right <laughs> foot today, I hopefully for everyone, including Triple D there, uh, we're up 27 and a quarter at uh, 51.57 a quarter. Spent very little time unchanged, and uh, we're in no man's land, folks. I've been saying this for two days. There's the pal pain high. I'll even put a little arrow here. Boom, 42.34 and a quarter. Yeah, I'm crazy, but that's the next daily resistance level. 
Uh, you have the dollar down for the fourth day in a row, down 59.6 cents at 107.5. TLT up, but still hanging near the lows of the move. Uh, that's up 65 cents at 108.07. Crude, that's in the green by a buck 21, trying to get back over 90. Gold up fractionally. Silver. Trying to get in that 20 handle up just a couple pennies in 1988. And Bitcoin holding the Scarmucci uh, FTX rally as we speak up a buck 60 at 22.615. Uh, Triple D, I when uh, after hours there, we texted a few times uh, back and forth, but I was going to ask you if there were any offers out there in the market. Was it just all bids? Pretty Is much. that what you saw out there? Uh, pretty much. I mean, this has been this market. It has been non-stop bid for five days straight into this print. I mean, obviously, we called this perfectly that I thought they might try to get ahead of this, front run it, whatever you want to call it. They have. And it's gone even further than I thought it would ahead of this print. I mean, boom, you know, take us back to six trading sessions ago. We were breaking down 390 support was in jeopardy, undercut in the Gil Morales rally. And you've just seen a nonstop bid since. People are, there's FOMO back there. FOMO is here once again. So obviously, expectations for this CPI print have moved to it's going to be light. Everybody and their grandma knows it's going to be light. It's now a matter of how light. So beating by like, you know, a tick is not going to be good enough, I don't think. I think it needs to beat, like, and I mean, by beat, I mean being soft. Um, if we come in line or if we come in whatever exceeding, you know, expectations or call it hot, they're going to kill this market. I think that it's going to come in significantly light. I think you're going to get an initial pop. I think that's what I, I think is going to happen. Obviously, I have no crystal ball. Nobody knows anything for sure. But I think that's when it, what's going to happen. It's going to come in significantly light. The algos are going to buy it right on the initial print like crazy. Maybe even take us up to like, I don't think we're going to touch 420, but you never know in this market. That's where the major resistance point is. And then look out for the rug pull, because if we just you know history repeats itself, last month, if I remember correctly, we ran up into the number as well. We actually did continue for three or four days before we started to leak, and then we had obviously the Powell rug pull. So I don't know if it's going to play out exactly the same, but it's kind of so far playing out very, very similarly. Yeah, you've been calling for that 420. It blew through that uh, that you know other resistance that I talked about, uh, right up there to 420. Now for the spider, uh, a little different chart, right? Because you have the uh, um, the uh, you know the the different market, but you know same thing, man. 420 right there. You have really a nice looking couple daily highs there, and one of them was on the uh, the Powell high. Uh, that was what do we got? Four nineteen fifty six and four nineteen ninety six. Call that four twenty. I guess the tough thing would be, and we always like to do scenario analysis here. Yes. I mean, if it's bad, like where do you, where do you step in? You know, where do you cover no, short? It can't. It can't be bad. Meaning, it, it cannot come in and <laughs> be higher than expectations. That oh, can't. Man. This market is not priced for that whatsoever. Nobody was expecting that. There's zero people expecting that. If that happens, we are like going to get murdered. Limit that down? Is not, I don't think I don't think there's any possibility that's happening. I mean, we were doing the math yesterday with Christian Fromher. It's on his uh, spaces, which was a lot of fun, by the way. Uh, I think we had 900 people. Um, so we had really? quite a few people watching it. Yeah, it was 900 views at the end of it. So some people are coming in, some people coming out. So that's what Christian said. So we had a few people wow. watching it. Um, but we, we were saying, and what Webb was saying on it, you know, I think 
It does. I think the number. What'd you originally ask? I went on the tangent. What'd you originally ask? I'm letting these guys run the show. Uh, where to step in on the on the downside? Yeah, like if it comes in bad, and I I I don't know where. Uh, what uh, is I, bad I, though? Uh, so the estimate here is eight point one. Prior was eight point five, and before that was eight point seven. Is that so, what we're looking at coming in? Is eight point one? Eight point one. What is hot to you guys? What would be hot? Would eight point anything? Eight point one. Anything above it? Anything above it? It's got to okay. come in and beat expectations. This is too much priced in. I mean, look how far All we've right. rallied here. I mean, they cannot stop buying it. They're so hungry for it. It's like everybody. It's like there's people that know it's light. It's gonna be light. It's gonna be, and I think it's gonna be significantly light. And I think you're gonna get a continuation here. And everybody's gonna be like, then you got the money managers that sold six days ago, and they're like, okay, I give up. Um, we're going back to all-time highs. I'm buying. It'll be like 420 or 425 on spy in a day or two after that. And then there'll be a, a rug pull in there somehow, you know. And there's so many potential rug pulls still to come. And I'm gonna tell you another thing: is this earnings season that is coming up, and obviously we're still three weeks away from it, so you have some time. It's gonna suck. There is going to be misses everywhere because we're starting to see warnings. You know, we saw McKesson, you know, uh, or McCormick with the warning, uh, MKC. We also saw uh, this morning Eastman Chemical, EMN, cutting guidance significantly. We have seen some guidance cuts. And I'm not sure if we're sitting up there in the 420 area or, or higher that the market will be prepared for another crappy earnings season. But it's going to be crappy. So, um, so there's lots of potential rug pulls. So I do think... This is going to be a selling opportunity here today. And I'm looking at this as not this right now. I think we I think we could see 420. I really do think we could see 420. But the stuff that I bought a few days ago, which obviously I tweeted out there, gets up to this 420, 425, and it's giving you, you know, a pretty good move, like take two. We know I rebought that. What else did I buy? I bought EA. I bought uh, that fuel cell stock. I bought I put on some risk. And um and not, not a ton. But, you know, obviously I was bullish the last you know, four or five days here. So I, I, I increased my risk. I think we got up to 420, 425 on SPY, you're taking the profits. And if you don't want to set it out, maybe you're taking it before, just in case the number is, you know, in line or hot. Because if they it's in line the, or hot, those profits are going to be gone today. They bought, they bought the, I mean, it's just short term here, but they, they bought that McCormick and company off that. I mean, that's just... Uh, you know, just a note for the Eastman. Uh, the Eastman yeah, yeah, but Joel, yeah. the, the S&P has been rallying nonstop for four days. So you've got to look at this and say, you know, okay, yeah, they yeah, bought it. It, it, it fell five bucks, they bought it back too. Well, the, the market effects on that are yeah. driving that back up. Take the market effects out of that and they're not buying that McCormick. That's yeah. all just pure market effects. So, I mean, you've got to look at that and have a huge consideration. I mean, every single stock has been ripping for a week here. So you, you, it's, you're hard-pressed to find anything that really hasn't been going up. I mean, we had this negative correlation between oil and stocks, and that's completely broken down, too, where now it's positively correlated, and the oil stocks are going up with, the, with um, the other stocks as well. So, you know, even oil rallying the last couple of days. Market ignoring that. Mar oil rallies the last couple of days, Joel. And they're like, no, we're buying stocks anyways. Yeah, it the is. The money managers are full-on chasing this thing right now. And they might chase it again today if it's a really significantly light number. But at the end of the day, to Money Mitch's point, to my point, there's a lot of problems still happening here. And I don't want to be paying 20, 25 times. As trades, sure. But I'm not loading up my long-term investment account here because I think there's a lot of problems still to come. 
and that's being Taiwan China situation. Obviously, the Russia-Ukraine situation is not going away. It doesn't seem like anytime soon, but the market doesn't seem to care about that anymore, which is sickening. Um, and, you know, the inflation is not coming back down to 2% anytime soon, not unless, you know, they really get serious about, you know, raising rates even more, which they're not going to, if, if the light, number's light, they'll be a little more dovish, hopefully. But I just can't add it all up and say, yeah, yeah, all-time highs. Let's go back. It's party time. I yeah, think that's we're why in a different situation. That's why one of the things that I'm going to point to is definitely watch uh, the CME Fed tool. And once this number comes out, see how that changes, because right now it's set at 90 percent for a 75 basis point hike um, from the FOMC meeting next week. You could see that 90 percent quickly change to maybe 70 or even 50. Um, so pay attention to that. I think that's going to give you a little bit of a sign maybe going into the market. But it's going to be tough here because the run into, you know, 6% run into this number. Question is, was it buy the rumor and sell the news? It could um, be. But I think the, I think it's going to be I think it's going to be significantly light. And I'll be like, whoa, and everybody's going to be like really jumping in then. And I think that's where they catch them. Because last time was the same thing. It was just slightly light, but we'd run up into it. Then they ran it for three more days, and then they pulled the rug. So I think there's an inevitable rug pull here. Timing that is going to be interesting. Um, it could happen right at 830. The rug pull could happen. If it comes in line or doesn't you know, come in light, the rug pull happens instantly. I don't think that's going to happen, though. I think it's going to be significantly light. I wouldn't be surprised if you even get a build on this rally because you got shorts caught all over the place. You got money yeah. managers who have too much cash caught. It's the max pain trade. They, this market just tries to punish the maximum amount of participants. It always does. But 2022 is really exceedingly good at that. The shorts have had a rough go because it's been wicked short squeezes. The longs have a rough go because there's wicked sell-offs. You know, and there's snapbacks, you know, and the only person making the money has been the contrarian. That is really, you know, what has worked in this market, which is obviously fading the overall moves. So when we come back, we look here. It all matters. 17 minutes. We're going to have a lot more information. We can digest that further after the 830 number. Yeah, I just want to say uh, I've never really understood McCormick and Company. I mean, you know, a little bottle of vanilla. I mean, that that lasts you for like two, three years. <laughs> How do they keep selling more? Uh, yeah. I mean, what People they got to do it. is they got to make smaller bottles and charge more is what they what they have to do. I mean, I never understood that. But uh, let's get our let's get our earnings stock out of the way. And uh, Oracle. Uh, all right, let's go to Oracle. I, I got one more thing. We'll get back to it, though. Once oh, I'm sorry, Mitch. What, what no did worries. You want to- it, I just wanted to bring in the food index because if we pay attention to specifics in the CPI data, yeah. what kept us up last, last report? Food was it was hot. the food index. So the food index increased 1.1% in July. That was the seventh consecutive monthly increase of 0.9% or more. The food at home index rose 1.3% in July as all six major grocery stores, food groups index increase. So if we're taking a look at what could have gone up, this is the area to probably watch when the CPI report comes out, because this is what held us up. Because we know gas is going to help significantly. Like gas fell like, what did gas fall in in August here? Like 8%, 9%, it fell a lot, maybe 10%. Yeah, I mean, but it's not going to be too much different than last month, but it's also not affecting it towards the upside. That's for sure. Um, it's definitely towards the downside there. Um, and then other areas, of course, is sticky rent. Um, rent is the area where it's just hard to see the inflation come down 
and let's say, you know, a two month period, it just doesn't affect as much. So if there's areas where we could see inflation still stick around, we, it's we probably will. in those areas. It's a matter whether the commodity pricing offsets it enough because obviously labor is very sticky too. I mean, this is one thing that's built into everything to make things inflation. People are asking for raises everywhere and that is still happening. Like we're kind of in the thick of that. It's like, okay, well, I go to the grocery store. I'm spending 200 bucks now. I'm not spending 125 bucks anymore. I need to make more money. And labor shortages driving up labor prices. And that in turn drives up material costs as well because labor goes into the mill, obviously making stuff. So it, it's all that stuff. There is some of the stuff that's sticky. And that's why it's going to be tough for the Fed to just bring it back down to 2%. That's why, you know, we've had this escalation. Obviously, commodity prices are going to help significantly. But to Mitch's point, there's going to be some stuff that isn't going to help this month. All right, let's go towards that earning stock now. Now, one thing I would say about this earning stock is it's so important to report on the right days because when you report on the right days, it definitely helps out the stock there. Uh, Oracle coming in with a miss and a miss, but it goes up. Uh, let's talk about that. Oh, Oracle's numbers here coming in uh, at a dollar and three cents, missing the dollar and seven cent estimate. Sales at eleven point four five billion, missing the eleven point four six billion estimate. And when you looked at guidance, it was mainly in line. Um, this is again um, the story that this is a silver lining market here right now, and they're like, "Well, it wasn't bad. They didn't cut guidance. Let's buy stocks because they initially hit this Joel, and they hit it. And I mean, to your levels, yeah, they hit sorry. it right down into the support, all kinds of support. Oh, really? Seventy-four. Oh boy. They hit it right into that support, and it stayed down there for less <laughs> less than a couple of minutes, and it bounced right back here again. The FOMO's out there. They're trying to find dips to buy. They're like, Oracle's a good company. I owned Oracle in my long-term investment portfolio for a better part of a decade. It's just come up so much. I bought this at $9 during the financial crisis, and it got up over 100 obviously. So you're talking that about a 10-bagger. Yeah, yeah. A 10-bagger over the course of 10 years. Um, it's still cheap. Like The stock is not expensive, but it's never had a market multiple. It's not a huge growth engine. So it's always had, you know, quite a bit less. I think it trades 14 or 15 times earnings. It's not expensive. And I did say I would put this back in my portfolio at a certain price. I don't know where. Um, but, you know, obviously money managers are looking to add stocks because of this move. They see a dip on Oracle last night. They're like, get me in there. I got to get my money to work. Pre-market high, uh, 7884 uh, Not much there. We got a little gap to fill. Looks like we're going to do that. That's actually at 7844 Um Another daily high, if you're looking for more on the upside, 79.13. And then there was a big seller at 80. I see those three, four highs congregated there. So I think a lot of this will be market dependent. I mean, if the, you know we get a good number, the rally continues. Maybe you could see this in the upper 79s. But it was up there for four days uh, before, it, uh, before it tanked. And that was also market influences. And then um, I'll just have to say, if you want to spend less at the grocery store, Forget your wallet, like I did, and then you won't you won't be ah, able to did buy. You do that? Ah, when did uh, you yeah, do I, that? I told the Kroger story. Remember last week no. when I forgot I was going and uh, I only had enough money in the bottles to buy my secret. Oh, yeah, yeah, when you were panhandling in Kroger's. Yeah, yeah I, I was. I was considering <laughs> panhandling in Kroger. I, no I saw you, Joel. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't get my coin. Well, uh, let's keep going. Let's get towards uh, the east 
Eastman outlook. Uh, you mentioned it a little bit earlier, Dennis, but let's touch it really quickly. Yeah. Uh, EMN here coming with kind of an announcement, pre-announcement there of the third quarter adjusted earnings per share expected to approximately be at $2. And the previous expectations were an EPS of $2.46. So uh, this is one area where you know we should continue to watch to see if the trend continues it's not going to be earnings season coming up it's going to be earnings warning season that's what is going to come up and i'm just you know right now saying this is the season coming up you're going to start seeing it happen sooner than later because we're coming into earnings season and companies already know that this quarter is not going to be good and i mean you know why is it not going to be good because the consumer is getting crunched we know they're getting crunched they have to be getting crunched and we can see it in the data and we can see, obviously, you know, this is what the Fed is trying to induce. This is the Fed's plans. It has to play out this way. In order to get inflation in check, the consumer needs to get crunched. And there's going to be suffering on, you know, on obviously certain companies. Obviously, not everybody just stops buying everything. Certain things are sticky. People are still going to buy food. They got to eat. But those discretionary items or other things, um, Eastman Chemical, obviously, you know, plastics and everything else. There's some discretion in there. There's some stuff you need, but there's some discretion in there too. And you're seeing, um, you know, that stock come down here. Right now, if you look, you say, oh, it's down 26 cents, but that's not true. You got to look always at your montage and look where it's offered. It's offered at 92 bucks right now, wow. 92.75, 92. So it's looking down $3 here right now. So it is going to get hit on here this morning. The question is, do money managers come back in at this like 89 to 90 area for the support, yeah. Yeah. you know, and, and buy the dip? I guess it depends on what the 830 CPI number is. Yeah, I'll give you a little zone here on on uh, the downside if you're looking for a little. And Dennis nailed it at eighty nine dollar area. The other low was at eighty eight eleven. But when I see four lows, the same area after a stock traded ninety six bucks the previous day, I think the bit could be some bids there offered at ninety two. Show them an eighty nine bid, Dennis. See if see if you get hit. Uh, there's no, yeah, it's 86 bid right there now. So it's odd oh, lots. All, there's odd lots all over the place. Odd lot bid 91, bid. odd lot bid 90. There's odd yeah. lots, but yeah, you're Checking right. Checking out. They're sniffing. There. They're sniffing. They're sniffing out the algos. They're sniffing out you, Triple D. They want to see what your, what your next move is. But uh, Eastman Chemical trading down. Um, we'll see. That's monthly support too. The, the monthly low, your July low, if you're looking for more, ooh. That's way down at 84.95. But uh, let's see what happens just under 90. It's going to be right. interesting. I'm starting to get the butterflies going eight minutes away. From the <laughs> biggest last month was the biggest CPI report ever. Now this month is the biggest CPI report ever. So Always, always. There's always something that's on the forefront and something that investors got to keep eyes on. Let's keep going. Let's get into uh, the biggest gainer of the day, which is uh, Acreo Therapeutics. Uh, shares trading higher after the company's phase two harmony uh, study met its primary endpoints for both 50 milligrams and 28 milligrams uh, EFX dose groups. So it looks like some good phase two numbers and kapow. That's how these biotechs will go. Um, when they get good numbers and bad numbers. You know, sentiment has turned when you start seeing responses to these, you know, uh, to, to these drug trials. And it was muted responses there for a long time as we were kind of fighting this bear market. XBI was getting, you know, down every single day. It seemed like company comes out with good drug news. And then two days later, it just starts to leak it away. And it's like, man, they just can't even hold gains on these good drug news. It's different here now. XBI has had a sustained rally since really, you know, well, really since May. I mean, if you go back and you want to look, it was kind of with the cash yeah. bottom there. Um, and XBI is up substantially since then. And it's a good feeler for, hey, 
sentiment has turned towards some of these drug names, some of the smaller ones. Obviously, XBI is full of the small ones, um, more speculative plays. And, you know, when they do have good drug news, there is a decent response to them now. So a ba- back to a little bit to more normalized markets. That is normal. Like when we were getting, you know, in the early part of 2022, you'd have the response, you'd have the good trial, and the stock would pop, and then it wouldn't even hold the pop. You remember Bluebird Bio had the initial pop in June? It went from three to six, and then three days later, it was back at three, and I was like, what? And I own Bluebird Bio, full disclosure. It's been a bag for me for my RSP for a long, long time. Uh, but I was like looking at that, I was like, three to six. I was like, oh, that's pretty good. And then four days later, it's back at three. I was like, didn't they just have a good trial? Didn't they just like you know do something solid, and it gave it all back? And now it's, you can see the stock's up at $7 and it started to come back. So there's opportunities there. Um, so that's the good news. You know, on this specific company, I don't follow it at all. So I can't tell you anything more. Farmo Bro is, uh, is out of prison. Martin. Who is that? Martin. Oh, I know. He's been out for a while. Yeah. I, was, yeah. I was lost there. <laughs> yeah, no, he had me lost too. Joe gets us lost every once in a while. But I was like, hold we, on, hold we, on. When Martin came on our know. show, he was so professional. He was very professional when he was on our show because, yeah, you know, I he mean, had like the clown show and a little bit of other stuff in his own personal life happening before I obviously ended up going to jail. But when he, he came on our show before he went to jail and he was very, very professional, he gave us some good stock picks. He's very knowledgeable in the pharmaceutical industry. That guy's got a lot of knowledge there. If he could have just kept his head on straight, he probably could have been a really, I mean, you know, obviously wouldn't have had to go to jail. He would have kept his head on straight. But. I'll say he, he's no Milton. No, no, uh, I, Milton. Yeah, I can't. I can't. We've only had two people on the show go to jail, and I can't. Who was I the second one? Oh man, Martin, and who else went to jail? It was. I don't know. Did we have Milton? It was not nah, Mitch. This is like I think you were still <laughs> before in before like, my time. You were still in junior diapers, high, you know? man. You were in junior high school, man. We're talking Martin uh, Shkreli. Yeah, it's his last name. So hard to say, Shkreli. Shkreli. It's yeah, so hard to say it. I think it's Shkreli. Yeah, yeah. Um. I don't want to say his name, but uh, okay. I'll have to look. Cause so I, I'm not for sure who it is, but no. I know Spencer's like, well, I don't think we ought to have him on the show anymore. I'm like, good call, Spencer. Uh, <laughs> I'm probably like, why? And he'd be like, he's in jail. I was like, we can get one phone call. It's the free market prep. <laughs> Collect <Live> call. Jail. <laughs> Collect call. Are you going to get uh, my bail? Uh, no. Broward sorry. County jails. <laughs> Yeah. We do have a Bales bondsman in the chat. Uh, uh, he's always around. So uh, my man, uh, he, who knows? Maybe we get him to bail out. But let's go ahead. Let's get towards the next topic, which is some – they need a bailout. It's Peloton. Peloton needs a bailout here. Uh, Peloton announcing Monday that their co-founder, John Foley, is resigning as executive chairman, chief legal officer, uh Kushi is another co-founder, is also departing. He will be replaced by Uber veteran Tammy Aberin. And so this is interesting because at the end of the day, Peloton has tried to do everything they can to their business model. They kind of adjust it. They've done the third party. They've done Amazon. They did it all. And now the founders are heading out the door. Is this the time to head out the door also as an investor? They... And, Don't and ask again, me. they didn't know what to do with this last night. So they initially dropped it and then they popped it and then they dropped it and then they kind of just brought it back in. So they didn't know what to do with it. Like, obviously, you know, they're like, oh, maybe new management's going to be the way to go here. But then fully, obviously, you know, is, is, you know, a loss in itself. So I think they didn't know what to do with it. I think they still don't know what to do with this headline. 
So obviously Peloton has significant problems. This is not a stock I want in my long-term portfolio. I've hated it for basically forever um, since, you know, a while, from a long time ago here. It's 11 bucks. I think eventually it's going to be in single digits and I think it's going to be not one the of these. Data, things. man. They got data. They got data. They got, they got data on everybody. Is that what they're going to do? Yeah, they, they got data, their data machine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm hoping. I'm getting uh, ready for this number, though. So I'm going to get ready for the number. The it's three minutes away. I will be back at you um, when I can. We're going to have Roggy Horner carrying you through the number here as well. She's going to be here just slightly after me. So um, if not, yeah. Dennis, we'll, we'll we'll catch you tomorrow. If, if uh, well, no, I'll be back. It's just a matter of it's going to be at eight fifty-five. <laughs> I like it's that one. Be, we'll catch I'll you be tomorrow. I'll, I'll be back. It's going to be that? interesting. It's already really back. choppy ahead of this number, so I'll be back at you. I see okay. you. I see you. All right. Well, we'll go ahead and like review the numbers here and take a look at – we're about to get it. 8.30. It's 8.27. Let's see if there's some uh, – there's usually some uh, front runners here. Let's see if they start hitting the tape there. Um, I don't know if you see any action right now, but we know how like they like to run that number. Oh no, they're jamming up my 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 train station's getting jammed up. Oh, no, here we go. Here we go. Come on, baby. Oh boy. Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. Come on. This is the fun time with it. Come on, move. Okay, move. We'll go this here. Oh man, can I get a one minute up here? No. Can we get I, the one minute? Yeah. Yeah, let me put There we go. There we go. We got the one minute just in the nick of time. Preview it again, Mitch. I'm in the background listening. Preview it again. Got you right now. I was just setting up something here. I'll get you get to the preview right now. So I'll give you guys all the numbers here and the ones that I were really going to pay attention to. So, of course, we're, we're getting CPI year over year. We're getting core CPI and we're getting CPI month over month. The core CPI month, uh, core CPI month over month and CPI. Those are ones we really pay attention to. And then the yearly number is the one that you hear a lot of talk on the media. Right. The yearly number is estimated is 8.1. Prior was 8.5. Then when we get to core CPI that excludes energy and food, this is one that is estimated at an increase of 0.3. Prior was 0.3. If we look at CPI overall, this is where we're expected to come down. The estimate is negative 0.1. And so this is definitely the number to kind of keep on watch. Anything in the positive here for CPI would not be a good number for the overall year over year number. And then, of course, the year-over-year number is one of the ones that's going to be talked about often. 8.1, the estimate. Do we get in in the sevens? Do we come in higher at 8.3, 8.5? I'm going to go out on a limb here and say 8.0. Okay. I have absolutely no idea. The Algo Jumpers took it up oh, to they're already 64.75. And then the Algo Slammers took it down to 58. So those are early parameters here. That number, if we were on... CNBC, we'd say job number imminent, but we shall see. 5164. They like it, they don't like it. Let's see. <laughs> they like it, they don't like it. They don't, it's hot, it's really hot. Wow, it's hot. Hey, I, I was kind of warning. We'll Super see. hot. First yep. number, yeah. I mean, 8. I just 3. hope you know, some people, you know, always were able to take some profits, but we'll see. You yep. never know. Uh, That's the thing about CPIs. You never know. Everyone leaning the wrong way on this one, folks. I knew it when we were on that Twitter space and all four of us thought it was going to be soft. Look at that, man. That is a huge move down. We just stiked down to 91.75. 
Uh, f- believe it or not, 40, 80 and a quarter was Monday's low. We'll see if we get to that probably in about 18 seconds. That's the only number I have here is 40, 80 and a All quarter. Right. That 8. was Monday's 3. 8.3 for the overall number and the core CPI at 0.6 versus 0.3. Really hot there um, for core CPI. Wow. Um, not what we are expecting to see here. And there you guys have it. That's as easy as things can change. And if uh, you didn't take profits, it's going to be a tough one now. Um, definitely getting hit hard CPI month over month uh, here at 0.6 versus the 0.3 estimate. That's why I said, will we get higher there? And also year over year uh, coming in at 8.3 versus the 8.1 expected there. Um, And that's definitely going to get it a little bit higher there. Didn't even get into the seven handle. Didn't get to the 8.0 that I thought maybe you would get to. It it just dropped only 0.2% showing you what inflation is sticky and the Fed is here to do what their job is. And that's to, pump inflation yeah, right street, back down. You had everyone leaning the exact wrong way into this report. I mean, there were buyers and now the total complexion of the market has changed. We got down to 40, 55 and a half here and uh, there it just slamming it straight down. That's a one minute bar. That's about as big one minute bar you're going to see in the S&Ps if uh, you're ever going to see uh how many handles wow and now uh, who took it up to 4175 on that that must have been a miscue uh if you got jammed on a buy stop on that you had absolutely no chance uh but right now uh we have a 120 point range right now uh we are expecting uh, only a 71 Point five handle range, so it's going right to be an expanded range down. Yep, yep. Let's yep. see what we and got. So what we're heading to right now is an important level two, which is the fifty moving average four hundred three thirty three. Um, we're going to see if that can hold today. I know technical traders will be watching that level. I uh, don't know about that level, but uh, I'll just give you daily levels. It's all I could give you. Your next daily low on the uh, on the D's contract is 4022 and a half. And I don't know if that was an intraday low from that day or not. Um, boom, boom, intraday low on that day was above that 39.59 and a half. But we're talking about the 39s. Do we have any lows and no lows in the 4,000 handle? That is incredible. Uh, 40, well, uh, intraday low, 40.43.75. So that's what you're looking at. Not what the street wanted. Uh, got right back near that Powell area uh, within, I don't know, We well, on that, that uptick there, we got about within 30 handles. And now we're right back down. So sell and the rip. Draw sell the rip works again. And there was a rip there. Food increasing 0.8% in August, the smallest monthly increase in the index since December 2021. So at least that's looking a little bit better here. I'm trying to see what was really in here that came in hot. And so uh if I could take a look there, I see energy services actually spiked so electricity and utility for piped gas service so natural gas a lot gave that spike on back up in energy all right i see uh Raggy horner our uh, managing director of futures at uh simpler trading and uh she's gonna make the explain this and 
and make it put it in simple terms. Raggy, how are you doing today? I am doing well. Thank you for having me. What a CPI. Huh. Uh, we have had the street leaning the wrong way, uh, including us here. We're looking for a light number and the question is, and I and I and I mentioned this to Dennis. Uh, you know, I, I knew I wanted to sell a big ramp, uh, but I really don't have an area where I want to step in and buy the dip here. Give us your analysis of the CPI here, and let's try and look forward from this uh, from this disastrous money. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming, I wish I'd used Indeed. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility all at Indeed.com P-R-E-P. Just go to Indeed.com P-R-E-P right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com P-R-E-P. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Two things I'll, I'll take a look at, sort of starting at that 40,000 foot view. If we take a look at where this maps to in the most glacial way, it's going to be what do we see at the end of this year. So it's a lot more slow moving, but it's a lot a bigger, a much bigger implication. Are we going to see the Federal Reserve move off what we've been thinking all year is going to be a target rate at about three and three quarters to four percent? That has not changed in any significant way. That's been uh, the most probable outcome for a few weeks now, and it continues to be. So it's not as if we bumped higher in a significant way to say a four to four and a quarter expectation. So end of year expectations are still there. So that's the macro. What about, say, technically? And, and I'm just looking at the daily time frame. We had that gap up on Sunday. So Sunday's open, 6 p.m. Eastern, big gap up. We closed it. We just closed it. You know, we came down to about... 4067 on the S&P futures. And I would I would suspect, and you can see a little volume sitting there, so we have a nice volume ledge. I suspect that should hold. We'll see when we get that echo at 9.30, that 8.30 we actually might see an echo of at 9.30. But I'm looking for this market to close the gap and, and start to stabilize again. Uh, I'm bullish. I'm bullish. That's sort of the punchline. Oh, well, then uh, bullish and you're getting a pullback here. Go a little bit more because I and that's a that's another thing, too. I mean, you know, we do a, a daily trading show and, you know, we try and give, uh, uh, you know, trading ideas for the day, for the two days, three days of the week. But, you know, that longer view, I think, is always important to have in the back of your mind. And and you talked about, you know, uh, expectations uh, for December. Uh, we've also had a uh, blue Putnam on from the, from the CME. And, uh, you know, he told us, you know, it, it just, this stuff just doesn't turn around overnight. So, you know, that, that the numbers to filter themselves through the interest rates that take effect here. So, I mean, December is a long way away. So you're still just trying to keep your expectations for that. 
So we got what? We'll have we'll have October number. So we got three more numbers coming out, right? And I, I guess that you'll use that as your mandate uh, in the markets to set your your roadmap for twenty three. So if I take a look at time frame and time horizons, I think that's sort of what we're talking about, sort of below the surface. As a day trader, I need the market to open. I'm taking a look at some levels. Going to right back to that that Sunday. Uh, open and that Friday close. So technically, if I'm thinking about just today, what's going to happen on Tuesday, I'm going to keep a really close eye on 40.66 and a quarter. That was the uh, close on Friday in the S&P futures. So again, that's that's a level I'll be watching Good. to see if we stabilize above, say, 10 a.m. We stabilize above that. And, and then to your point, longer term, yeah, I mean, December does feel eons away, doesn't it? But I guess the best way to not get caught up in sort of this gyration of, oh, my gosh, what does CPI mean? It means a lot right now at 838 Eastern, right? But I don't know that it means a lot next week or even the week after, because next week we get the Federal Reserve and this will be a distant this will be a distant memory. So I'll take today for today. And, and it looks like we're breaking 4066 right now. Let's see where we are at 10 o'clock and then I'll just day trade today. And I'll focus on the long-term uh, opportunities on the pullback. I'd love to see, I mean, if I could get my way, I'd love to see something around 40, 50, 40, 45 on the okay. S&P and start thinking about buying. Yeah, it's tough because you just had such the run up. So you have all the people that, that you know, that, that got caught, you know, being long selling. Oh man, I, I don't know where to, I mean, I, I see the levels that you're talking about. I, I mean, I just have to go with the daily levels and for, I don't know, am I going to get a look at 40, 22, 50 today? That was your low on Friday. I'm talking to the December contract now. Uh, cause I, I've, uh, I've moved over from the S, uh, from, cause we have the expiration, um, on Friday, uh, the dollar now the dollar is, is down here and it's, uh, it's just off its lows for the session. So, uh, I mean, that is supposed to be, you know, a positive for the market, but not today. Today it's acting as a negative. Near term September fed fund futures are showing that, we're actually starting to entertain the notion of a full 100 basis points. Cool. While that's probably less than, let's take a look right now, probably less than 15%. The fact that that conversation is even happening for a full, full percentage point hike, and that's incredibly hawkish and that's going to be very bearish for equities in the near term, right? In the near term. Um, but it's interesting. And you mentioned something so powerful in the dollar. Why would the dollar be selling off? Because if we indeed are so much more hawkish, and I think that's the measuring stick, just because we might hike a little quicker in the near term, does it change what the ultimate target rate probability is going to be come December? And that's showing it's not. And that would then be fairly bearish to the dollar. So if we're worried about a more hawkish Fed, the dollar is telling us not to be. It's just that we might hike quicker to get to that same target rate probability. All right, let's uh, let's talk some of the uh, other futures here. Uh, cr uh, crude uh, had a nice two-day rally here. Uh, not close to nine. Well, got to eighty-nine thirty-one. Now back at eighty-eight. I mean, I guess this is just uh, 
another another dagger in uh, in the heart for crude oil traders, right? Because this is not good. Uh, more inflationary pressures. People have uh, you know less money to spend on on traveling and whatnot. Give us uh, give us your near term and long term outlook for crude. Crude's in a downtrend when I look at it technically. We take a look at what the Saudis said this morning regarding OPEC. They boosted output in August by something around 11 million barrels per day. And I then expect where we are right now, right around that 21 exponential, likely that's going to hold within the context of this downtrend. We can look at that as likely a fairly aggressive reversion to the mean. So I'm I'm bearish crude overall. And then we start to see output you know, increase from OPEC. No reason not to stick with that. All right, I'm going to jump in here now, of course, uh, with these numbers that are coming in and uh, the don't fight the Fed mentality. I, I'm a little lost of words here for the bullish outlook. Um, a lot of the people in the chat are also confused. Can you kind of talk some sense into us? Is this kind of more of an approach that you're looking towards 2023 or is it just more long something that you feel that these bottoms and June lows are kind of going to be able to hold? So I think the most important thing, I think amongst all of us, is what is our time frame and what is our time horizon? So give you an idea. Sitting here in my office, I've got a five-minute chart, I've got a daily chart, and I've got a weekly chart in front of me. And I'm looking at all three of them, but all three of them elicit a completely different time horizon for me. So as a day trader today, I'll probably short the ribs, right? So I'll start looking at a five-minute time frame for today as a bear, but that's a very short time horizon. When we step out to you know, post FOMC, when we step out to October, when we step out to by the time we get to the end of the year, what's scaring us, right? That's what I asked myself. We don't care about recession. We don't even know what that means anymore because we've re redefined it. So if we don't know what it means, recession, we've already dismissed that. So then the next thing is, is there an economic slowdown? That's been talked about for forever. And again, I don't see necessarily that factoring in either. So why did we rip higher? Or if we step back and say, why do we have this epic short squeeze from say 3,900 on the S&P futures? Because the target rate probability where the Federal Reserve is going to hike to by the end of the year is pretty steady. And while the pace to get there may be bumpy, and that could cause some near-term weakness, I have a hard time thinking that new lows are what is ahead versus you know, we might chop around a bit, but I'm going to be mostly looking for buys. And that's that longer term time horizon. So I think time frames might help. And that maps to how long I may be in a trade. I don't know if that helps. Now, one thing, of course, you just kind of mentioned the benchmark and the fund rate. Um, where do you see that going to? Do you see them hiking still in 2023? Or are you on the camp like the CME Fed tool, kind of a uh, pivot there going into 23? I, I look at that CME Fed tool. The market doesn't care what my feelings or my gut have to say. So I look right to February and March. This is where things get a little tricky. There was some talk that we would peak and plateau in December. And while that's not a high probability to see uh, another quarter point hike in either February or March, that is irritatingly uh, still a conversation that we're going to end up having for February and or uh, well, or March's meeting. So there's still probably one more quarter point hike in the cards early next year. But again, what we know can't scare us as much as what we don't know. And as long as we're still sitting at, you know, where we are in December, which has been steady, 
and then maybe one more hike early next year, I have a hard time thinking that this sky is falling mentality is going to map past even the next Fed meeting. Now, this is definitely something to watch. Now, one thing that I know, and I'm just trying to go through the report also as we speak. So the biggest thing that I saw increase here was the index for natural gas. Um, are you concerned about natural gas continuing here, keeping inflation high? You know, I don't know that natty gas concerns me as much because it's pretty much behaving in a way that we would presume is, is seasonally relevant. It can't be shocking when we see natty gas rally through summer, which is seasonally when we see that strength going into August, September. Between August and October, it's still grinding higher, but it's far more choppy. So natty's acting like natty. And again, my, my filter is, are we surprised? And I can't look at what's happening with Natty and say, no, we're significantly surprised. This looks like typical seasonal behavior. And unless we get over, say, 10 on Natty Gas futures and we start making higher highs from there, this looks pretty much like we would see this time of year. Is there anything you're absolutely avoiding? Is there anything that you're like hands off on Europe? Um, any, anything that uh, you would just like you're not looking to buy the dip on? Well, so great question. So I'll <laughs> buy the dip on anything trending, right? So the, the conversation I'm having about Natty or the conversation that we're having about the S&P, I would not call those buy the dips because buy the dip, the, the precursor to that is we're in a trend. So unless I have a trend, there's no dip to buy. Dip being synonymous with a swing or a retracement or a regression to the mean. That's all trending uh, environment. So then my job as a trader is to spend about 80% of my time building that watch list. What is still in an uptrend and what isn't? Things are going back into chop. So I'm going to throw a slow stochastic on my chart. I'm going to keep a slightly shorter time horizon, even on the daily, maybe a few days to a few weeks. And I'll be more nimble about fading oversold and overbought until the trend comes back and I can get back to buy the dip. All right, one one more thing for you. Uh, what I mean, what about the three earnings season? I mean, uh, you know, a lot of companies got passes in Q two. A lot of the big companies did not have good reports. Um, you've also had more than one earnings, uh, um, uh, you know, um, guidance cuts. Um, I mean, how do you feel about Q three earnings coming up? I think you said the perfect thing. If we're already talking about guidance cuts, again, right back to my filter are, are we surprised by this? So if we're already seeing guidance cuts, it's baked in. We, we're already to a certain degree pricing that reality in. But I kind of go back to in any, you know, whether that be going back to two decades of Forex trading or whether I'm looking at the central bank impact on equities, the Fed is the macro right now. So Earnings are going to be eclipsed by whatever Kapowell and company want to want to communicate about their intentions, about where we're going to peak on those target rate probabilities. But the more the companies want to prepare us for disappointment, the happier I am, because now that's slowly being priced in rather than a shocking earnings miss. And, and that's great. That's great. That's that's what I want to see for stability. Well, Mitch, we threw everything at her but the kitchen sink. 
And uh, she stood her ground and uh, her long bolts. I, I see the points that you're making. Uh, Roddy Horner, uh, she's the manager of futures over there at Simpler Trading, uh, giving us a simplistic look at the market. I really appreciate it, Roggy. And uh, we certainly got a lot to follow here. And uh, everyone's saying, Roggy, make her a regular guest. Make her a regular guest. So. Um, you're always great, easy to come Definitely. on. I really appreciate it. And uh, go get them. We'll we'll talk to you soon. Thank you. You guys make me look good. Are you kidding me? This is as smart as I'm going to be today. <laughs> Got to throw some softballs at. <laughs> Thank you very much. All right. Mitch is like, I don't know what to say. I mean, I just, I'm just like, go at her, man. Go at her. Yeah, Rocky's I mean, I'm Rocky's confused. Tough. And you guys know that there's certain times where I get a little, you know, confused and. I mean, you got to admit it when you're confused. Don't don't run from that confusion. Try to understand that confusion. Right. You know, long term, I understand the bullish outlook right now. I'm like, just don't fight the Fed. Don't fight the Fed until that kind of changes. I think it's something that we'll keep on watch. And um, and if I take a you know look at what numbers went higher, it's to me what stands out is the only things that are above kind of one percent. Uh, kind of change, seasonal change. And that's where it looks like it's electricity and utilities that kept us higher. Um, it was utilities with about 33% of that unadjusted 12-month outlook there. Um, and that's what carried a lot of it, right? And I mean, now we need to keep on watch. But I, I think natural gas is looking like more important to watch than even oil itself here. Um, because yeah. that's what showed up in the CPI report to keep us a little bit higher. And now it, it, food index did go down a little bit, but didn't, it, it still increased, right? Uh, increase here rose uh, 0.6% after increasing 0.3% in July. So if you're looking at what else is going on up, well, you, you still got some other things pointing towards the upside. And we'll see what happens now. I know Dennis probably got caught with his eyes open. He had that... Uh, you know, the Looney Tunes or the, the cartoon eyes, you know, when they pop on out, like, Wah! that was him when that <laughs> hit the tape. You know what I mean? Looney you tunes. could just imagine. You can't it. even, you know, can you imagine if they tried to put like uh, Bugs Bunny and uh, the Roadrunner on now? I oh, mean, it, man. Yeah, I still watch them, Joel. I still watch them. Yeah. Uh, okay. So I, when, I, when Rocky was on there, uh, I had to do some digging and uh, I, I found uh, an intraday low. Um, now, let me explain this. There, there are two different kinds. I have two different kinds of lows that I track in the market. Uh, one is the intraday low. So that takes place between 9.30 and 4 o'clock, all right? So it's a level, but it's like, it's it's not, I don't even make it a two-star, right? Because it's just, it's an intraday low. So the intraday low from Friday it's 40, 43, That ain't too far away. That's only, uh, that's only 13 handles away. So that is a asterisk one star. The Friday's true low, which was right there with Thursday's close is 40, 22 and a half. And, uh, you know, who knows? We may be there by, uh, <laughs> we may be there soon. So, not going any lower than that right now, but that's what I come up with. And I can just take my level sheet and I can just fold it over here because uh, we're not going back up to that part of it. We're going to be staying down here. I mean, I don't even <laughs> you, know on a rip. I mean, the, you know, you probably get a little 
a little buying off the open here, but yeah, oh boy, I, I was feeling you guys a little, a little too bullish this morning. Everyone That's... was too bullish. I know. Like, like we were on that, um, that Twitter thing yesterday. And yeah, like, I could see it. The, all three of the guys they went ahead and they're like, "Yeah, it's gonna be light, gonna be light, gonna be light." And I, I like just the contrarian in me just wanted to say no. I, I was feeling Joel, it. <laughs> what's up? Match. Like. It's not just me. It's not just two other guys. It's the not, whole it's entire 90, freaking world thought it was going to be. 95% of people. 99.9% thought that number was going to be light. This is an epic disaster. It is. Uh, it's an epic disaster. Call it, it what it is. I've been selling stocks nonstop for 23 minutes straight. I have I'm not sure. even thought about buying anything. I've just been selling yeah. every freaking stock I could possibly sell. For 23 minutes straight. You've got to adjust. You've got to be fast. That's why I'm not sitting here doing a radio show on, you know, when when you got action like this. I'm just selling. Don't even worry about it. You see that number? You just sell. You don't think you sell. 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 Sell again. This is an epic yeah, freaking even, disaster. Even a, a good position that I had on uh, Oxy, I'm probably going to be closing it towards the open here. Um, as it's pulling back fast, oil's pulling back, everything. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You need to close all the stuff 20 minutes <laughs> The only ago. thing is I'm, I'm on live. Stuff. I've just been selling as much as I possibly <laughs> could, as quickly as I possibly can. And that's what every algo has been doing. It's what every money yeah. manager has been doing. You think we're snapping back from this? I don't think so. Yeah, I think you've is... got everybody caught. I think everybody thought it was going to be light. I think everybody thought, you know, well, well, okay, maybe this is the case where the Fed can cool it for a bit. They can't cool it at all. This I, I'm is just still, a disaster. I, I'm still in the camp that inflation you know, hasn't truly peaked. I, I still think it can go back to, you must the, be to the highs. Mitch, then, because I, I mean, absolutely not even shocked. though, because it's not, I, I'm not positioned for it. And I think it's almost impossible to position for it up here. At four, you know, four thirteens on the spy and positions to short there. You just I, don't know. You don't know. The only thing you can do is react. dead wrong, dead wrong going into this number, along with the other ninety nine percent of the people. I thought it had to be light. I cannot believe it came in hot. I did not think there was even a remote chance. Tim Seymour last night, CBC. There's no chance it's coming in hot. Everybody is caught on this. Yeah. This didn't just catch a couple people. This caught everyone. This caught everyone, Mitch. This caught a lot of people. This is why it's so violent. You know, we just dropped, you know, 100 S&P handles. 100, 130. 130 100, S&P yeah. handles here. 110, you know, or whatever. I mean, this is crazy. So it's why I have a lot of cash in the long-term portfolio, but I'm caught on the wrong side on the trade here. So that's why I was like, I'm trying to get out. And you're just working. You're just hitting bids. As soon as that started, as soon as that started happening, I started hitting bids as fast as I possibly could, and that's all you can do. I mean, I'm looking at my, you know, at 8:30, I'm hitting, you know, I'm hitting G. I'm hitting where did where did come from? I'm hitting Unity. I'm hitting AMD. I'm hitting everything I possibly. I'm hitting Bank America. I'm hitting. I'm just going through the trades. You know, I'm hitting XLF. I'm hitting. uh, I had some CCJ. I'm hitting. Box. I'm hitting Nvidia. I'm hitting Mosaic. I'm hitting EA. I'm hitting. Did you go, you know, did you go below the offer or did I you like, go right into bid? You don't. You hit the bids, Joel. 
Okay. I, I, you, I asked you, you, there's I no like, oh yeah, bid. okay, well, I meant, well, let's, I you hit the bid. I meant below the bid. I didn't mean below the offer. I no, you hit bid. whatever yeah, bids are there. When yeah, you, you take what's these off. Numbers, you hit take the what's bid. on the bid. What's yeah. on the it bid? Was, Boom, you it got it. You want it, G, you want it, down 20 cents, you got them all. Go. Now, one that I'm looking at. You like it? Got them. And I got more. Don't say I got more. You hit the bid, and then you offer lower is what you do. What about what about long natty gas? What do you guys think about that? I like it. I don't it. think long anything right now. I can't even get yeah. by. Yeah. No one's going to afford long natty gas, Rich. Right no I don't know. It's going up. My thought process is nothing about buying right now. Oh, it's a nice dip. Okay, let's come in here at 407 and 406. No. Do you know what, what? just printed here? <laughs> you know how many people are caught? It it was, I mean, we when we were discussing the setup, it was like, I, and I posed the question to you. I mean, I knew where I wanted to sell. I mean, I knew, uh, you know, of course, it never got near there, but I didn't have any place I wanted to buy. I didn't have any place where I'm like, okay, this is going to buy the dip. And, you know, right now, I mean, that's still, it's like, where it, do you go? 3,900? I mean, 3,600? I mean... We'll just have to. We'll just have to let it it's settle out today. Case right scenario. now, it is. There has not been even a sniff. Bring up the spy chart. There hasn't been a sniff of a bounce here, and this is because nobody saw this coming, man. Nobody saw this coming. Look at that chart. When's the last time you see a move like I that guess, down 130 points? This with no is bounce? the oh, I, I was showing not the one even minute a bars. of a bounce. I don't. I I was showing the one minute bars, and I don't think I've seen a one minute bar in the spoos. Since since COVID, that's been like that. I don't think. Violence. I don't think. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely violent. And then you know we talk about you know an expanded you know range you know to the downside. You're getting it today, right there. That forty three seventy five. Now we're looking at Friday's low. Globex low at forty twenty two. We're down two percent. So um, no other way to put it, man. I mean, you have to you know you have to adjust and uh, the market. Not only through us a curveball, but Wall Street got caught leaning the wrong way. I guess. Oh my uh, gosh! I'll say, I, I'll even, say it like I you like to say. It. The market likes to hurt where it can hurt the most. It hurt. It and this is this is it hurt everyone here. Like, and I know you can say, okay, yeah, there were some bears out there. We just rallied two hundred points ahead of this number. There were so many people who, and including myself, who thought I thought it was going to be light. I predicted it was going to be light because that's why I bought it two a week ago. I was buying stocks. I thought yeah, it'd be light. And I was like, well, everybody's on it. You got to take the money and run in this market. It shows you again. You know, I should have been selling everything that I bought yesterday. You're selling this morning. It's already too late. You just gave back half the gain. I mean, maybe it's not too late, actually. I don't even know if it is too late to sell here because uh, another. I'm not coming and buying this dip. I mean, maybe they do. And maybe you just have that mentality. I think if you get a rip here, you sell it with two hands. We got like 405, 406. I think you're selling stocks. I think you're not even thinking about like what I can buy here. You're thinking about what bounce I can sell. I think that's the way I'm approaching it. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe we're just going to come back and it's all going to be, you know, but you add it all up here. This is going to make the Fed say what? Does this give them the one point, the 400 point basis on the table now? Oh, it, it's boy, not even that. that. What's Ooh. on the table after the 100 points? Yes, and w- it's not why do people still so feel? I don't understand this. My biggest thing is where the hell do these analysts see the Fed pivoting? There is no oh, reason to pivot. No, there's no crazy. reason. Inflation hasn't gone down a single bit. 
maybe less than a percent. Yeah, there's no pivot. I don't there's know no where they're seeing this pivot. 23 I was hoping pivot. it would be I was hoping for the market and for my long-term portfolio. Yes, I'm half cash, but I'm half stocks too. So it sucks when your long-term portfolio is half stocks and still getting hit. I was hoping that it was going to be decent as well. I was hoping that it was going to be a really light number and we were going to see a sustained rally and it was going to get up to 420 and I was going to sell some more stocks. Not the case. This is complete curveball. Did not see this coming along with the rest of the market participants, because obviously I mean, the Nazis coming. This, is this why, number did not leak, Joel. This is why I This asked. did not leak. <laughs> no, to me, Nobody you know what this is coming. I'm going to let you guys, I'm going to let you guys finish up. Uh, uh, Friday's low. Uh, that looks like on the deck. That's the next thing. 40, oh 22, 50 in the S&Ps. So it's your next target on the downside. And then that psychological 4,000 level. Uh, but uh, Triple D, I'll check in with you later. Uh I mean, not a great market, but that was one hell of a fun show. Thanks for joining us. All right. One thing <laughs> I, I, I said. I'm jaw dropper just still on this number. Yeah, I still can't I mean, believe it. Well, yeah, I, I described it for you. You had the Looney Tune eyes. But, um, oh, did I? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> when that hit, I was like, I'm, <laughs> I'm like, I wasn't even prepared for it. And I'm like, hit the bid, hit the bid, but hit the bid. And, you know, is... it helps my day trading because I'm hitting bids, hitting bids, hitting bids. And I'm like, God, I was not positioned. For this it not was, at all it was so a you're just like scrambling around trying not to get killed six percent run i had a lot of the bids number, and i'm right? still probably gonna lose money today i mean i had a six... lot of bids and i'm still gonna lose money today i think yeah it, it's i mean it's difficult on a day like today to adjust but one of the things is i'm sure and you're thinking the same it's lose very small or win very small type of day and that's okay too um, that's way better than lose big on a day yeah. like today. Oh, yeah. Right? It, um, lose so. small as a win today. When you're dead yes. wrong, and I was, I mean, you know, obviously I was right with the rally up into it, but I did not think the number was going to be hot. And the whole market's dead wrong. I mean, I that was a, the most vicious four-day rally into a number that you could get. We ride 200 points into the number because everybody's like, oh, it's going to be light. And then it comes in not light and and pretty hot. I mean, it wasn't like, you know, bleeding your eyes out hot but it was hot what? it went how did it come in hot yeah I, I mean definitely not what you were expecting to see and one thing that i would say is i mean it wasn't too off the last report 8.5 8.3 we're going down at 0.2 percent rate if we continue this where would we be at the end of the year we would still be in probably like seven nine or, or maybe seven seven eight and so to me, I mean, this is not enough to think that the Fed is going to change any pivot, right? And so another thing is a run into this number. It looked to me like buy the rumor, sell the news, even worse. The news came in red and essentially hot for us. And so the, everyone that was buying the rumor just got caught. Yeah, yeah, had to sell it ahead of time. And mm -hmm. I didn't think it was, I, like I'll say it again, I did not think it was going to be hot. And I thought you might get an initial, I thought it was going to be light. I thought it could be significantly light. I thought we could actually get a bounce and maybe even get up to 420. A little bit of greedy on my part. It was a really big move. Should have booked all the gains before the number. Obviously didn't do that. Mistake. Definite mistake. Um, but, you know, you might get another bounce here. You know, you might get that little bounce and that's going to be an opportunity to sell stocks. So now I'm on a full sell the rip and whatever the hell you can. So I'm going to leave you guys at that. I got to go trade, but I'm just selling the rip on whatever I can. So I don't think it's going to be much of a rip, though, because I think every other money manager is saying the same thing today.
Yep. And, um, Crowded long let's... trade caught. That is the world today. Yikes. All right. All right, Dennis, have a good one. Go go do your work. All right, Dennis is going to go ahead and work those positions like always. We'll see what happens. I'm going to get you guys over to the Cannabis Conference. Yes, we have a Cannabis Conference today, the Cannabis Capital Conference, the number one cannabis conference in the world. At least I would say so. Um, But definitely come on over, guys. Come on over and learn. Uh, There's a lot to check on out today. Um, You'll be having uh, a little bit later in the day. We start off with unleashing investment and lending opportunities. We get into the state of the markets, legislative outlooks. We'll also look at at, uh, how brands scale outside of the MSO. We'll also, at the end of the day, towards the four o'clock, I think there's some really good panelists at Tyson 2.0. Don't miss it, 4.40 p.m. Eastern today. We have Mike Tyson on, Ric Flair, You guys don't want to miss that. That'll be right here on Benzinga. Don't want you guys to miss that out. I'll get you guys over to the Cannabis Conference now. They're starting up already, so we'll get you guys over there. Like always, we'll try to do our best to cover. We'll be back tomorrow. We don't have any other market content today, but if you guys want to stick around with the markets, like always, you guys can follow me at MoneyMitchBZ. I'll try to do my best to keep up with the market action today on my Twitter. And yes, Mike Tyson, Ric Flair are going to be on at 440. So don't miss that, guys. That's the Tyson 2.0 panel. And you don't want to miss out on my man, Mike Tyson, Ric Flair. And just for a good old fashioned, I'll see you guys on over there. Get on over. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.